everybody. Welcome to another Whiskey Web and Whatnot with myself, Robbie the Wagner, and my co-host, as always, Charles William Carpenter III. Third, third, third. <laughs> we are doing a special live edition here from uh, Render ATL. We're excited about that. And we have our special guest today, uh, Scott Talinsky. What's going on, Scott? Oh, not too much. Enjoying the conference and walking around and uh, just, yeah, so it's a wild one. It was, it's just a lot of stuff going on here. Yeah, it's crazy. The uh, lunchroom and like sponsor setup is just packed yeah. with people. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For context, I think they said somewhere like 2,500 plus people. Oh, wow. Attendees. And I, I don't I don't know if that would include speakers and everyone else too, because there's what, like 80 speakers, give or take? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 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 Like five stages and yeah, it's, it's wild. Yeah. I would say sensory overload yes. for my old eyes. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I'm going to go back in this little room and record a podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm here by myself, so I'm just going to be like, oh, all right. all right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, so probably a lot of people have heard of you, but uh, for those who haven't, do you want to give a couple sentences and who you are and what you do? Sure. Yeah, my name is Scott Talinsky. I am the um, co-host of the Syntax Podcast and the creator of Level Up Tutorials on YouTube and the uh, Level Up Tutorials educational platform that I've been working on for about 10 years now. So yeah, I've been teaching web stuff since just about I, I started coding, really. Nice, nice. All right, so... Today, we let Scott pick what our uh, whiskey would be, and he selected the Macallan 12-year. So uh, this is a special version of the 12-year that is double cast. So it's finished in the regular used sherry barrels like they do any other Macallan, and then a second finishing in American oak barrels. I couldn't find out if that was used or new or whatever, but you know they doubled up on it. It's a single malt, so that's the only grain used in the mash bill, and it is eight. 86 proof. Okay. So not too bad. It should be a pretty smooth one. Yeah. Here, I'm going to get my... Get the pour sound in there. Yes. <laughs> this is kind of our thing. I love it. All right. Pass the bottle. Thank you. <laughs> I haven't had to do that very often. Yeah. Thank you. Everyone's so polite. I appreciate that. Mmm. <laughs> I smell like raspberry jam a little. I don't know. You know, I make these things up every episode, Scott. Yeah, was it, you ever watch the Psalm yes. documentary of, and they're always like tennis balls. Yes, and, fresh know. opened uh, <laughs> can of tennis balls. Um, but then they're also guessing like on the, uh, you know, whatever river on the yeah. left bank. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's the oh. second row. And I'm like, how do you know oh, this? Sorry, it's the third row. It was the third <laughs> row. Yeah. yeah. That smells scotchy to me. Mm. It's got a light peaty flavor. It's got, again, I'm going to say a jamminess to it. Mm. So, so some sweetness probably from like the sherry casks there. But not a rough finish. No, pleasant yeah. pleasant to drink. Yeah. yeah. What's the uh, level of apricot that you get there, Chuck? <laughs> Dried apricot <laughs> is, is one of my frequent terms. That's my uh, tennis ball reference, I guess. Nice. Yeah, a lot of things seem to have apricot to me. I think apricot is a fruit that has a little taste of like a little mango, a little orange, a little, I don't know. So it's yeah. an easy one to kind of dial into. Yeah, I don't know. I'm having a hard time picking notes out of this one, but probably because I don't have my special glass. <laughs> that might be it. <laughs> I, I'm the only one with, uh, I have this travel case. I was going to say, yeah, did you, do you yeah. travel with that? This would be the first time, but I bought it for that purpose, like being able to travel with whatever, I don't know, alcoholic looking sample thing, yeah, but yeah. it's nice to have a nice glass. So. Yeah, totally. Okay, so we usually rate the whiskeys from one to eight. 
tentacles, because we're clever and octopus thing. One being disgusting, never give this to me again. Eight, obviously being amazing, I'll drink nothing else and everything in between there. So obviously, like, in that sense, four is not bad, but in the realm of whiskeys, and I know you said that uh, you haven't had a ton, but yeah. you probably have a few things that you like. Totally. You know what you like. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's so funny. I feel like, you know, like the standard, like, bullet and tin cup and, uh, I mean, there's like some Colorado ones that you see, mm-hmm. like, very frequently. So Stranahan's or something Stranahan's. like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we always get, like, the special edition Stranahan's. That's, like, the Costco special for us is Stranahan's all day. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's usually what I'm drinking. Yeah. I like Stranahan. I think they make a good product. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, it's good. So where do you think then compared to your regular drinker is Stranahan's? Where would you place this McAllen 12 double oak? Yeah, I would, I would put it in eight. You know, it's better than typically what I'm drinking. Yeah. Definitely about an eight. Yeah. I'll drink yeah. this all day. Nice. Awesome. Cool. Robert? Yeah. I don't love scotch. So, um, <laughs> but for scotches in the scotch realm. For scotches, it's pretty good for me. Uh, Maybe a six for me. Okay. So I don't love lots of scotches, but I do like, I have a soft place in my heart for uh, McAllen. Shared it with my father-in-law many times, and he's shared a lot of variations of it. This 12 is very approachable, decently easy to get at most stores. So I like that too. I probably, I'm in like the six, seven range because I've had like McAllen 15, 18 and a few other ones. And there are some that are just like chef's kiss, but this is like not far behind. So I'll give it a seven. Yeah. Yeah. I would drink this at any time offered. I need to step up my game. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You are the executive producer at Century, and I have a free whiskey podcast, so I'm not sure you would take career advice from me. One of those probably pays more money than the other. Don't don't take life advice from me. That's all I'm saying. But we can dig into that a little bit. First, we go through, we have a a section of questions that we try to ask everyone, quote unquote, hot takes. Mm -hmm. It usually just comes out of anything you've seen on tech Twitter that people argue about arbitrarily. Yeah. We'd like to get some opinions about things. Sure. Let's do it. All right. Robbie, do you have one in mind you'd like to? Oh, yeah. I can start off. Yes, please. So for TypeScript, uh, inferred types or explicit types? I'm an explicit type dude. Return types, I I type them all day and I, I get the arguments around it, but like, there's something about that. Like I, when I'm writing the function, I want the function to complain while I'm writing the function, not like later down the line. Okay, yeah. that's fair. Yeah, it's almost like test-driven development in a way. You're just saying like- Very much, very much like that. It's, yeah. it's broken if it's not giving me this thing I expect. Totally, yeah. And I find it, it saves me trouble when I'm writing. So I err on the side of explicit, even though I, I get the- I get the arguments around both. Yeah. 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 I'm just lazy. So I, I do infer most <laughs> yeah. of the time. You're like, this is already done for me. Why? Yeah. yeah. Plus the word implicit sounds, makes me sound smart. <laughs> I'll just go with those things. <laughs> All right. The big one around tailwind or <laughs> vanilla CSS. I'm not allowed to talk on this because uh, last yeah. time I said anything about tailwind, <laughs> Twitter got really angry at me. No, I, I suggest vanilla CSS. You know, I think a lot of the arguments that I hear when I say anything about tailwind is that, oh, it's, it allows you to have a system. It allows you to be consistent. It's concise. You can componentize your CSS. I can do all that stuff without it. So like, to me, it feels more like I understand people getting angry when you when they say this, but like it does feel like bootstrap where it gives you those mm. predefined styles. And, and to me, that's what the benefit is because I can get a system through CSS variables. I can get componentized workflows through scoped CSS. And in my opinion, what I use is Svelte or styled components before in React. So 
I don't need the other things that it gives me. And therefore I choose not to learn the new shorthand, but I, I get the benefits and I get why people like it. I think in many use cases, it's really nice to have, but I personally don't need it or don't want it. I don't want to learn something new and have a, an extra dependency. And, and I also don't like the, the class vomit in the, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Like hurt your eyes sometimes. Yeah. That's one of the major complaints about it yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. But I do appreciate your perspective around though, in, in both of these questions of saying like, I'm not saying that there is a right answer. Yeah. I'm just saying this is what I like to do. And it's all personal preferences and like what you've used. And many of the times like people conflate specific technologies with ways of doing things. So they'll say, I don't like Tailwind or I'll say, I don't like Tailwind. And they'll say, well, you must not like separate or you must like <laughs> separation of concerns. No, I, I keep all my <laughs> stuff in one spot. Well, you must like this or that or whatever, or you must hate utility class. No, I use utility classes. I just like writing my own and only having a couple of them rather than having like a whole library full of them. But yeah, I get it. And it's cool. It's just not for me. Yeah, that's fair. Everybody likes different stuff. I use Ember and no one else does. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. yeah. Well, you're that guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. He just really likes hamsters. It's, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Their mascot game is on point. Totally. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So get rebase or get merch. Merch. Yeah. Rebase is one of the ones that like the whole workflow around it was never something that I invested a lot of time into like really learning in a practical way. Mm. And like, I'm always working on a team of like two or three people. Mm. So it's really easy for me to say, here's a, the branch, merge it in. Here's a branch, merge it in. And I, I never end up in the situation where a rebase is going to save me versus merging. So I've always just kind of stuck with merging and never really needed to adapt out of it. But I, I think that's probably something that I, it might even be like a, a hole in my knowledge of like, what am I missing without <laughs> using rebase? And because I've never had the need or like a big problem where rebase saves my bacon, I haven't really dove into it. Yeah. So yeah. follow up question to that mm -hmm. then, I guess, do you squash or like, what if you have a hundred commits how do you handle that? You know, like, <laughs> do you just merge all 100 in? I just or? merge all okay. 100 in, yeah. Okay. Yeah. One thing I do is I, I was using, when I had a, you know, a larger team, I was doing conventional commits and everything like that. I tend to keep my commit, especially commit messages, I keep it all really clean. Right. Um, I commit frequently and I keep the commit messages clean. And I like a history of being able to see step by step by step rather than like the full feature. I like kind of like to go back and see exactly what I added at what time and whatever. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you probably do at least like uh, commit messages that aren't gibberish along yeah. the way too. Correct. Yes. Save this. Not yes. save this. Was real mad. Yeah. Like whatever. <laughs> the only time I do that is uh, with GitHub Actions. And I have a um, an alias in my command line that quickly adds a git commit message. It's like action not working testing or whatever. Right. Just to like <laughs> throw up a quick one. Yeah. 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 I could see that like perspective of it. And I, I guess I could see like from the perspective of the team size or whatever. Oh yeah. Like a merge doesn't make a big deal when there's just a few of you and a handful of commits going through in each PR. And, but if you're on a team with the uh, multiple teams of yeah. four to six people and possibly thousands of commits could be going in per day, unless you were like restricted them to, you know, guys, I, I don't really believe so much in like 
craziness around like pre-commit hooks and things like mm -hmm. that to enforce standards, right? Hopefully you just have like some trust and, and, and whatever. I'm just kind of OCD about things being messy. Yeah. I think that's really the only reason why I prefer rebase is just like, I just don't want it to be messy. And I also have a weird thing in my head of the order that it goes in. I want to make sure that uh, is yeah. all in the right order too. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just probably a me problem though. No, I think <laughs> I need to do more research on when rebase would save me verse just merging yeah right right yeah yeah you go into that and then you can go into like uh interactive rebases and start to <laughs> cherry pick out and all this other crazy stuff so yeah that tends to get real fun do you want to talk about signals robbie or are we done with signals i don't know why not yeah let's uh, go through yeah. the whole list what do, do you think about signals any feelings on signals yeah <laughs> yeah for, i mean so okay i prefer the signal based style of things Svelte subscriptions are, are signal-like, and because of that, it, it makes it easy for me. But also, like, I don't know, I, I come from, like, a Meteor background before that, and mm. there's signals-like things there. So for me, I never particularly liked the React state side of things. Yeah, And so signals always made more sense to me to the point where I didn't understand why it's a big deal <laughs> that people were talking about them now. I always yeah. felt like, oh, yeah, but these things have kind of been around, and uh, I really applaud the new quick and, and um, solid for making signals like a big part of what they're doing, because to me, it makes way more sense. You know, you're event driven, essentially. And, and I like that. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm pro signals. I don't use signals per se, because I'm using Svelte state instead. But yeah, very similar. Yeah, it's an interesting thing the way that like the tools you use become almost like a form of religion or your favorite sports team or like that serious. Yeah, of a, of very a, serious. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, you must listen to me and my way is the right way. Yeah. And my thing, you know. And people when, just repeat what the library authors have said over and over again, even if they don't necessarily know what that means or the context around it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, no understanding of what's going on under the hood, but they're like, good marketing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. 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 yeah, I just tend to pick the things from my favorite podcast guests. So, yeah, you know, yeah that's totally, it. yeah. All yeah, right, yeah. that guy was cool. I'm going to yeah, use yeah. his framework. <laughs> yeah. We haven't had anyone on to talk about React hooks, though, so we're not being oh, fair. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. because... Uh, yeah, all Kent talked about was, was remakes at the time. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. Well, there's a note for future possibility. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, your talk is tomorrow, right? Yes. Yeah, tomorrow afternoon-ish. And it's uh, next generation CSS stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you want to give us a little preview of uh, kind of stuff you're going to be talking about? Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're going through like four classifications of different uh, types of like wow new features in CSS. And the idea is if you weren't aware of these things, or even if you have like a cursory awareness of these things, we're going to be telling you directly, I, not we, uh, I'm going to be telling you directly, can you ship this or not? So here's a new feature. All right, we have media query ranges. Can you ship it? Yes, you can ship it. It's supported in all major browsers. Here's a new feature, like a custom media queries where you define a media query and its name. Can you ship it? Well, the standard's not there, but the post CSS plugin is really just a string replace. So you can ship it easily ship it. I've been shipping it for over a year. So hmm. here's how you can ship it. And so that's really, it's going to be rapid fire. I'm hitting about 20 or so features in CSS. And then I have a compendium to go along with it. That's just like links to blog posts to teach you any of these features. If you want to actually dive and learn the features, the progressive enhancement aspects of them and stuff like that. 
Gotcha. Cool, cool. Well, that's nice. Is that site, Can I Use, still a thing? Yeah. It's still a thing. Oh, yeah. I'm referencing it quite frequently. I <laughs> used to love that site and used it all yeah. the time as, like, standards were coming out. And you'd read about a cool thing. And you're like, but can I use? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and there's a new thing from Google called Baseline, too, that's going to be very similar. Okay. Now, I was a little bummed out because I thought Baseline was going to be, like, an embeddable thing that I could just take and throw into my slides. But it isn't. I had to make my own. But the way they're doing baseline is they're going to be saying like, here's almost like a, not a spec, but here's almost like a release of CSS, kind of like we had with CSS3 or whatever mm, before okay. HTML5. And they're going to say, which browsers does this fall under and like which grouping so that you can at a glance, like can I use on MDNC, is this supported in the major three, four browsers easily? Yeah. yeah. That's a, a new thing that's going to, you're going to start seeing pop up a lot more in MDN and all over the place. So this kind of brings to mind, like, real talk. Is Safari the new IE? <laughs> no. I think Firefox is, man. I, yeah. I, yeah. No, I, I, Ooh, yeah. That is a hot take. I love it. That might be a hot take. I like but I, I think when you look at it, between Firefox and Safari, they're really close into who has the worst support for things. And I don't want to say worst is like a, a negative way. I'm saying like Chrome is obviously the leader in support for stuff. But between Firefox and Safari, the features that I want to use the most, Safari has and Firefox doesn't. Mm. For instance, has. Oddly <laughs> enough, yeah, yeah. Has, has, yeah. Has is supported in, yeah. in Safari, but not Firefox. And you'll see in my talk a lot of similar things. A lot of the coolest stuff is actually supported in Safari right now, not in Firefox. Now, there's some things where Safari has fallen behind, but... Um, Man, the team at Safari has really stepped it up in the past year. I mean, I definitely okay. would have maybe been honking that Safari is the new IE horn like a couple of years ago. Yeah. I think it's really changed. I don't use Safari personally. I th there's like some weird lag in the auto search that's like, it's like milliseconds of latency, but it gets me it's every enough, time. It's enough to keep you away. It's enough to keep yeah. you away, yeah. I'm an Arc head now. I use Arc. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I downloaded it and I started using it a little bit. And then, I don't know, something just didn't work yeah. naturally. I jumped back over to Chrome and then just kind of never came back again. So I keep meaning to go down that. Yeah. It's worth it just because it gets rid of my tabs, it honestly. It gets rid of all my tabs. Like, yeah. If it did nothing else, I would take that. Okay. <laughs> and I like it because the, the command palette is assigned to command T. So you're always used to opening up command T, have a new tab and start typing. Yeah. But the cool thing about the command palette is, is if you already have that tab open somewhere. It just takes you there instead of opening up another tab with that same link. Right. So in Chrome, I would end up having like eight tabs of TweetDeck open or, you know, I would just keep opening a tab of the same thing over and over again. But Arc just takes me to the one I had open. So that's typically what I like most about it. Yeah. For a second, I almost said, well, sounds like Arc is going to be a syntax uh, sponsor, but oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. that's, that, that's yeah. different territory right now. <laughs> no, yeah, you don't have to. Yeah, different territory. How is it not to not to have to sell ads anymore. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> this has always been the worst part for me because I'm not a great planner. I'm not super organized. It takes everything for me to hunt down, like hunt down sponsors to, to send invoices and I have to set reminders and all that stuff. So when they pitched it to us as you can do the same thing you were doing, but we'll give you more resources to do it. You can do it better. You can do it with video. You can do it live stream. And... You don't have to serve up ads. It was like, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm listening. I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Which is a little confusing to me about like, so they don't want to even put in Sentry ads. Yeah. Like I would think they would want some of that, but. I kind of still do. We have the shameless plug section. They didn't ask me to do this, but like I'll shamelessly plug 
like the syntax discord channel or syntax related things. But I often now shamelessly plug Sentry stuff because it sounds ridiculous, but I, I was a longtime user of their product mm-hmm. before they sponsored syntax and before, you know, I worked for them. But like for me, it's really easy to talk positively about that product right. uh, when I know so much about it and I've used it for so long. So, you know, we use it on everything and I always have. So it's really easy to be like, all right, let me let me shamelessly plug this thing I did on, on Century today and uh and yeah. know, give them some love. So uh yeah, no, they they've been really awesome. And and the hope is really just that by being associated with syntax and by being the sponsors and the the owners of syntax that it raises their their profile amongst our listeners. And yeah, you know, right. I, I think that's a, a good call on their part. They they've just been nothing but amazing to work yeah. with. Yeah. yeah. It's nice to talk about things that you use actually too. You're like, I use and like this, so it's yeah. not a big deal. Yeah, and that that was the biggest sell. We had a lot of sponsor requests for things that we didn't like or use, and we didn't take those on. You know, a lot oh, of yeah. the stuff we we had the luxury of being able to choose if we wanted to do a sponsorship or not. And and typically these companies, whether it be like Sanity or some of our longtime sponsors, it's like these are products that we have like actually really like and really use. Oh, it's it turns out it's really easy to sell something when <laughs> you actually like it. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a nice place to be in to sort of pick and choose some and say, I'm going to endorse this if I've actually used it or would yeah. recommend it to a friend for real. And I think it helps too. It helps the, um, like the genuine nature of the, the ad reads. One thing that, you know, I, I had some friends in advertising who work in ad sales and stuff and they were like, wait, you just do the ad reads live on the spot. Like they don't give you ad copy mm-hmm. and, and you don't prepare for them. No, no, we just know the stuff and we use it and we just make it up on the spot. And yeah. like, what? And what's the fun in that anyway? And they let you do that? It's more genuine. Yeah, yeah, it works. Yeah, we know we know what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of other things that, uh, and I don't want to spend all the time on the business aspect yeah, of yeah. it, but it was kind of interesting in this acquisition, your place uh, within Century. And then how does that affect Level Up Tutorials? Yeah. So Level Up Tutorials, the URL is now levelup.video, by the way. I made that change when we did a, a launch of the redesign. I just felt like Level Up Tutorials was so long for people to type. In fact, we used to be Level Up Tuts, <laughs> uh, but Net, Net Tuts got mad about us at that. <laughs> so I had to change it. <laughs> and so we became Level Up Tutorials and I was like, ah, that's a mouthful. So Level Up.video, Level Up Tutorials, and uh, it's all free now. So it's free if you're out there and you want to pick up some new web dev tutorial stuff. We have countless tutorials from like really talented creators, Amy Dunn, um, Amy Kaepernick, Colby Fayok, who's here at the conference, James Quick, who's here at the conference. They've all done courses for us and it's all free now. So as well as thousands of videos from myself. So yeah, you can find all that now, levelup.video. You can create an account, but you don't even have to. You can just start watching any of the stuff now for free. So that was part of the deal is really that Sentry was like, well, if you wanted to do bigger things with syntax, what would you need to have in life? And I was like, well, I have a business that I'm running yeah. uh, and that's like 90% of my time. And they're like, well, what if we took that off your hands and just <laughs> opened it up for free? I was like, well, I think people would really like that and uh, it would free me up. So yeah. yeah, yeah, that's how that came about. It was a, a big surprise for me, yeah. Well, that's super cool that all of that is available to everyone here and I'm sure you've talked about it a bunch, but I didn't know and that's, yeah. that's a good good piece to to share with the world. And so you don't have to just buy Udemy courses or something yeah, of that nature. Yeah. You can actually have improved quality courses here. And we'll still be releasing too. Whether or not those new releases come underneath the syntax banner eventually, what's the timeline looking like that? I don't know yet. But Level Up Tutorials content will be integrated into the syntax site 
and it will fall under the Syntax brand eventually. And I still will be releasing full courses like I have been just now for free. Like I always wanted to. Yeah. Right. Dreams do come true. Kids. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, remember. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah it's, it's rare. You get to do what you're passionate about and not have to worry about like money or building a business or doing any of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it only took uh, yeah. 10 years of doing <laughs> 240 videos a year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of work, but uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, pays off. Yeah. yeah. You didn't do that right out of code boot camp? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, days are different now. Whiskey Web and Whatnot is brought to you by EmberConf. EmberConf is back in person this year in Portland for a special celebration of 10 years since the 1.0 release of Ember. It's been a long time. There are lots of great talks, as always, but I'm particularly excited about one Walk the Line convention in country music and development. So that just sounds like a really interesting talk, linking those two things together. And I'm, of course, excited for whatever magic Ed Faulkner drops in his keynote. Always fun stuff there. This year, the workshops are a little different, and they'll be included at no extra cost in a two-hour block during the second day of the conference. There's a lot of cool options there. There's a deep dive into building V2 add-ons, an intro to animations in Ember, and of course, a live recording of this podcast. That's right, Whiskey Web and Whatnot will be live at EmberConf recording an episode in person. So if you're a fan, we would love to see you there. Space is limited for all of the workshops, so register soon to make sure you get space in your preferred one. I'm definitely excited to be back in person this year and hope to see Ember Friends new and old in Portland July 20th to 21st for one of the best conferences in the business. Get your tickets now at emberconf.com. Actually, I wanted to, I think this is a good piggyback into a question that I had around, you know, we're talking about the latest and greatest at this, at this conference, people talking about like different ways to architect apps and all these tools. And, you know, there's a lot of those players here as vendors and whatever else, but like to a point, there's also, it's not the only way to get things done. Mm -hmm. And I promise a question's coming. Uh, <laughs> and like, what do you see kind of out in application development, web development, whatever, that like it's already really good and we already can make some pretty cool stuff so like not to like shit on some, someone else's work but you know like we're in a good place already and we have these bivy of choices is there anything where you feel like tailwind could be a thing <laughs> in that like yes it helps some people and you don't need it to make good stuff yeah right yeah i mean i think you know nowadays Everybody wants to do everything very framework-based. And I love frameworks. I, I've always used JavaScript frameworks. I think they're wonderful. But like you get to a point, especially in like React world, where you spend so much time avoiding the platform, avoiding the DOM, avoiding these like very platform-specific things that you can forget that. Sometimes things are really super easy to do with DOM APIs. For instance, I have a video on YouTube called You Don't Need a Dependency, the Clipboard API. It's like people don't realize that to use the Clipboard API, it's a one-liner of JavaScript that is really easy to remember. But everybody reaches for a library, like, oh, let me get a React Clipboard input. Man, you just need an input and a button and one line of JavaScript. <laughs> right. And so sometimes, like, those types of things, I think, get in the way of people's progression in, in the industry because they, they really get zeroed in on this. And if they don't have their dependency and they don't have their their library-specific code, they don't know what to do. So for me, I've been, like, more recently diving deeper and deeper into the DOM stuff. I did a course on it called Exploring Browser APIs. That's just one video on all these different browser APIs you might not know. Hey, did you know you can access the user's local file system in the browser? Did you know you can do this or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah, there's, a, I think, a, a good nugget in that in 
look at some of the simplest ways to get things done, reference the Mozilla developer docs, mm -hmm. like go that, there all the time. I'm always discovering some new things there. And yeah, like all of those native APIs are a smart thing to, if you're not using it right away, that's one thing, but to know what's in your toolbox, what's built into your browser, what could be like an easy thing to implement without yeah, I think that students, some students in recent years have been done a disservice by being just trained to React yeah. and not the basics of, of JavaScript itself. Totally. And, you know, because the job descriptions say React developer, mm -hmm. you know, and they don't say front-end development or JavaScript essentials or any of those things. Like an understanding of that comes, I think, way late in the process, unfortunately. Yeah. And you know what? I used to do a talk about learning things quickly and like, a, you know, learning fundamentals being like a big aspect of learning things quickly. But like, you know, as a YouTube creator, I used to get a lot of comments, um, especially teaching React early on, like mm -hmm. when React first hit versions, you know, whatever, 14, 13 or whatever. And, and people would see the whole dot map for loops. And they would say like, why does it say dot map and not dot loop or something? It's <laughs> like, oh, that's a JavaScript API to output yeah. an array. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? like people almost didn't <laughs> add, like understand like the micro aspects of what they were typing. They were just typing it because somebody on YouTube told them to type it. Yeah. Yeah. Without like a great understanding. They're just, oh, to get this thing done, here's... Here's the, yeah. But if you don't know what dot map is, you're not going to ask the question, why am I doing a dot map here? Yeah. Oh, well, because React needs an array, but I don't even know that this is outputting an array. Yeah. 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 I think we're seeing a bit of a trend of that across the board in that our basic tools for putting information and interaction on the internet really should be looked at again. Like, you know, the popularity of things like Astro about saying like HTML is king, HTML is first, yeah. because that is how we put these things together initially and how we organize the information. And from an accessibility standpoint, it's also like paramount to have those things right too. So having an understanding of your basic tools in order to like get a job done. Yeah, it turns out when you when you don't do everything in JavaScript, you don't need to, to work on accessibility as much because the, the browser can help you out a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we talked a lot about like all the input types that I didn't even realize existed oh, yeah. these days. Where it's like everyone's like build a date picker or use a library. They exist. Just use the browser one. Like right. you know. So there's a ton it'll just do for you, which is crazy. It's endlessly amazing. And you know, one uh, API that we started using on the new, we did like a, a giveaway when Syntax was acquired. And on that side, we used the new like uh, dialogue API mm -hmm. to building modals and dialogues. And I was like, this is easy and it's supported. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like it feels like nobody's using this kind of stuff. And I just saw the popover API is getting like major support and like, man, HTML and CSS, they're just evolving every day. And, and we can often yeah. forget that so many of the things that w we end up shipping KBs of JavaScript for, we don't necessarily have to. And that's, that's yeah. a wonderful thing now. Yeah, it's a fun game with Astro to try to ship none. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah Astro is, is sick. Yeah. 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 So and then I will, on the other end of the spectrum, conversely, what things, and you, you've kind of touched on a couple of them, but if anything else comes to mind around like what things are coming that get you excited? Yeah. So a lot of the CSS stuff really is, is really what it is right now, because for me, I, I come from a motion background. So motion graphics and those types of things I love in the page transitions API, the scroll animations API are two of like the biggest, coolest things coming to the browser because they allow us to do 
native style app transitions and animations in, in CSS in ways that we don't have to optimize. I don't have to write some code that steps in, loads all of my elements twice in the virtual DOM, and then swaps between them with JavaScript. I can write actual CSS code and not have to ship a whole library for animations, but also not have to write that code that has to do that and add things to the DOM. And it's really, those are really cool APIs. In fact, when I was like doing, we're working on the new syntax site right now, and I added the browser transitions API to it because the fallback's really nice and found out there's a baked into the browser fade transition. Mm -hmm. Even if that's easy, you don't have to write your own animation fade in CSS. You can just say hyphen hyphen and or hyphen, it's like one hyphen something fade. And it's like baked into the browser automatically. Like, all right, (laughs) an actual CSS transition baked into the browser. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Not having to hack through these things anymore. And like you said, add overhead for polish. I guess I consider those things polish a lot. Oh, totally polish. Yeah. And what's so cool about it is that you don't have to worry about optimizing them yourself. The browser is going to optimize it. They're going to figure it out. Let the browser figure it out is like something that I have uh, really started to to take on more of. It's like, yeah. I think you should uh, have that as a syntax swag. Oh, yeah. And just says, let the browser figure it out. (laughs) See, you're welcome. We're looking for swag ideas right now. So I'll take that, yeah. If you want to hire me as a swag, uh, swag, swag guy, swag consultant, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we might talk a little bit about like more of the whatnot side of yeah. things. Yeah, no worries. Uh, so um, here's a thing I was curious about <laughs> that I, I found in, in your past. And here comes your, no, just kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so tell us about your time as an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, so I, was, I was fresh out of college. And um, so this is funny. I, uh, I had a job in New York ready for me as a um, a video editor and a production assistant for Guitar World magazine. Mm. And the job would be to show up and film famous guitarist XYZ at any given day. And I did this as an intern because my uncle was the editor-in-chief. So it was a nepotism oh. job. <laughs> my uncle was the editor-in-chief and he got me this internship and it was awesome. I met all these cool people and I got to do this great work. And he was like, well, the one guy, the assistant's leaving and the job's going to be available for you and you graduate if you want it. And it was a well-paying job, but my wife was getting her doctorate oh. in, in Michigan. And we weren't married at this point. We were just still dating. And she was like, do not turn down this job for me. I do not want you to turn down this job for me. <laughs> I and, don't want uh, that kind of pressure. Yeah. yeah. So I turned down the job for her <laughs> and, uh, because I just knew that like, if I didn't, if I went to New York, you know, that might be the end of our relation. You know, she was willing to do long distance. Yeah. I was just like, I, I knew she was the one and I knew I didn't want to like ruin that. So I turned down the job and my parents were like, if you turn down this job, you better have something like ready and waiting for you. <laughs> right. So uh, I was a, a music student at the University of Michigan and a friend of a friend knew the record label owner um, for Ghostly International. And they were based in Ann Arbor, Michigan. They're a techno label. I didn't know a ton about techno. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. That's, that's, oh, yeah. that's what I know. In fact, I, I kind of uh, pissed off the owner when I told him that I started playing the records really slowly. And it's like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and he was just like, what are you doing, man? Like, well, that's not what it's about. I was like, well, it's kind of cool that way. Yeah. Um, but I, I got the job interview and he was like, well, you know, you're a Michigan student. You can, uh, you can just, you know, show up and uh, be the accountant. So that's what I, I took the job as just a holdover so that I would have something to hang my hat on and say like, oh, I have a job here. I did that for about a year. Working a record label was cool. I've met like, you know, it's a small label in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And people would just like famous musicians would just walk into the door. I remember like 
man, who was it? Uh, one day I was just like sitting in the office by myself because everybody had gone to lunch and some like really famous electronic music DJ showed up and he's like, hey, is Sam here? And I was just like, uh, yeah, I recognize you. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, no, he's not here. But it was, it was a cool experience. And um, they let me take home a record, one record a week that I worked there. So I got oh. to, like, I have a oh, huge nice. collection of techno records. I'm a huge fan of Ghostly. Yeah. 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 yeah it was an acquired taste. Huh? Acquired taste. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think when you get behind the scenes and probably have a newfound respect for, you know, the production yeah, of it. Yeah. When you understand the intricacies of it. Yeah. And they were like featured in some techno documentary that was going on. So I got to go to the premiere of that and like learn the whole history of techno and like really huh. get a, an understanding for it. Yeah. Interesting. But in the end, I think it all worked out for you. Yeah. Well, it wasn't, it was, it was not a good account. Uh, I was basically just paying royalties and making sure artists got paid. I did not do any analysis or like whatever. It was like none of the, you know, I don't want to say too much, but <laughs> one of the artists, Matthew Deere on the label had a song in Grand Theft Auto 5 or Ooh. Grand Theft Auto 4. Okay. Whatever, yes. Whatever the, the first modern one was. And um, whenever that check came in, everybody was like, all right, <laughs> make accounts full. <laughs> but yeah, it was, a, it was a cool experience. Nice, nice. I will say, I'm going to guess no one who works there listens to this podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah, probably yeah. free to say whatever. But <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting ride. I didn't know you had like uh, so much uh, early experience in music and, and video production and, yeah. and all that. So this all kind of makes sense. It all kind of comes together. Yeah, I went to school for, um, the program was in the School of Music for Media Arts was the program. And the general philosophy was like, if it's related to music and technology, that's what this is about. So I took, I had to take singing. I had to take dance, but I also took dance production and theater production. And I had to take, I took a projection installation art class where I did video programming for video. I did made like a, a theremin out of my webcam and stuff like that. So it was like all this mix mismatch of like a tech programming and music and while, you know, it's, a lot of the people that came out of that program either now work in tech, a lot of them work at Google, actually, mm. or they went in hard into music. I, um, the Wolfpack, there's a famous band, Wolfpack. They were in my program, and my buddy is their, their engineer, and one of the guys is the guitarist for Jared Leto's band, 30 Seconds oh, to Mars. Yeah, 30 yeah. Seconds to Mars. Yeah, yeah, like people like one of the people I graduated with got second place on The Voice. Like people just went to oh, do wow. wild, wild <laughs> stuff in the music, yeah. Oh, it sounds like a pretty good program. How does that bridge into break dancing? <laughs> uh, it was just something, you know, you know, in high school, I saw like, I would see the first music video I saw for it was uh, the Crystal Method name of the game. And there's a guy with a giant mm. nose break dancing. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And it was like later that year, I didn't know this at the time, but later I found out my band was playing at the Warp Tour and there was a guy doing a demo of breakdancing at the Warp Tour. And that was the same guy from the music video. I had no idea until much later. Mm. Uh, but he was a part of the Rock City crew, which is like the crew in the 80s that had like really popularized breakdancing. And I was just like, thought it was the coolest stuff. And I met that guy and he was like, listen, if you want to learn how to, if you want to learn how to dance, you just find who's in your area and start showing up. And I was like, oh, you can do that? Oh, okay. So uh, I was an extreme sports guy. I used to be like a sponsored skater and um, hmm. uh, for rollerblading, not for like skateboarding. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Much less cool. Yeah. <laughs> much less cool. And it was like right around at the time where rollerblading was like starting to get not cool. So like, I just was like into that kind of like action sports thing and, and breaking. I had no dance experience. So breaking was like really tough for me to transition to. People would like used to like laugh at me when I would say I was going to learn it. Like they're like, yeah, you, the guy with no rhythm. It's like, oh, whatever. I'm a, I'm a drummer. I can, you know, I have rhythm. And 
20 years later, man, I, I've been doing competitions all over the U.S. I've danced for NFL and NBA teams. Mm. Uh, I've, you know, been in a lot of really bad music videos and <laughs> just like countless bad music videos. And I've won a lot of competitions and, and um, you know, got to compete against some of the best in nationally, really. I never won anything big time nationally. I'm more of like a, a regional winner, but uh, still. Yeah, I've been doing it for a long time. Still do it once a week now at the, the studio we practice at. It's called the B-Boy Factory. And um they're Olympic level because now we're in the Olympics in 2024. Wow. Yeah. The, uh, one of the potential Olympic hopefuls is from our studio. So it's, uh, oh, nice. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. High level people. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. I'm impressed. Yeah. I wonder, like, as you age, how much more challenging does it get? Though, it sucks. Because you lose some flexibility. <laughs> no, and stuff, it, right? it sucks. Yeah. You're like creaky the next day. I mean, and- extremely creaky. I mean, I went from practicing like eight hours a, a week to practicing, you know, one and a half hours a week. And that's like all my body can handle. I currently have a torn rotator cuff on this side. So I'm like uh, from, I was on one arm and I was like, oh, I used to do this. And I popped over and it's just like, ugh. <laughs> so I'm, I'm battling injuries 24 seven and I, I feel awful all the time but, uh, <laughs> but it's fun you promise yeah <laughs> right and it, it's the best use of like there's absolutely nothing like it in terms of um endurance or, or athletic anything it'll it'll kick your butt my dad was like a you know he was a, a gymnast who he was you know really high level palma horse gymnast so it's very like similar to what i was doing and he was like you're gonna hate yourself when you're my age and i was just like whatever whatever and yeah. like you know now i'm getting close to 40 and i'm like oh Oh man! <laughs> yeah, you're like those creaks. Oh, it's a little cold out. My elbows and wrists are hurting. I spent a long time spinning on my head, and um, I went to get an MRI recently because I had some back issues. Yeah, and they're like, "Yeah, your back's not great. You got a slip disc, this or that, but your neck looks." perfectly fine. So I was like, are you sure? Like, did you get the right MRI? Like, there's no that possible seems wrong. Yeah. yeah that, but apparently you made it really strong. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So we've talked about... Meeting rock stars, yeah, yeah. you know, accountant for uh, electronic dance music record label, long time. Uh, if you were beatboxing too, that would be yeah, yeah. Cool. I wish. Yeah. All right. So, what is the most uncool thing that you like to do? The most uncool thing I like to do. <laughs> it might be programming, honestly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but in this Since audience, ask, it's yeah. not true. <laughs> Maybe in the you know out in the world. No, I like, I like video games. I play a lot of video games. I have a Steam Deck that I, I play all the time. Ooh. I guess that's. I don't know if that's considered uncool. I watch uh, reality TV with my wife all the time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so is it like 90 Day Fiance and that kind of stuff? No, more like like Vanderpump Rules and Bravo kind of stuff. Those are equally so, bad. Yeah, totally. So I, I know <laughs> way too much about like Bravo reality TV. I guess I could be considered uncool in some... Yeah, I'm going to give you the case. approval that that is very uncool. Okay. Yeah. I watched some of that with my wife, but I I put it on the, nope, if you're not going to watch superhero shows with me, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. watching that with <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of our separation. <laughs> yeah. you got to have your separate shows. Yeah, well, the Steam Deck is <laughs> allowed me yeah. to play video games while she has that on so now yeah, I can like go. oh we can hang out and I can play video games and yeah yeah we're oh, I do that too because I started playing Zelda, the new Zelda recently oh nice and so I'm like I'm doing what I like you're doing what you're like but we're, we're chilling here having yeah. a glass of wine together or whatever we're in the yes. same room yeah that's a win yeah it counts, yeah, it counts. Yeah. <laughs> let's see what else we got on here I don't think we have more questions cool yeah I mean we were a little late getting started anyway I guess so we could Kind of wrap it there. Anything you want to plug before we end? Or Yeah, I mean, well, one, levelup.video is free. So if you're interested in, um, you know, one of our, our most recent, well, we have a lot of Svelte content now because that's really what I'm into a lot. 
we have courses on Remix. We have courses on Astro. We have courses on a lot of courses on React. We do 3D in React. We do 3D in Svelte, Vue.js. We have a lot of content on there. So if you're interested in learning stuff, levelup.video is free. Also, the Syntax Podcast, Syntax.fm. We're going to be putting out live episodes. We're going to be putting out video episodes, doing video training and stuff, and uh, working on a big uh, rewrite of the site right now. So that's also working in public, too. So it's on GitHub if you want to check out what we're working on, what we're talking about. We're doing fun stuff with AI in it. We're, um, yeah, we're, we're doing a lot of cool stuff because it's like we have, you know what, 600 episodes of us talking. Let's take those, turn it into transcripts. Let's pipe it into some AI stuff. And now you can have AI-based um, transcripts that tells you who's talking, when they're talking. Mm-hmm. You can almost have live closed captions that are popping up for podcast transcripts and stuff like that, but also you can make it all searchable. You can ask you questions. You can really easily, quickly find what you're looking for. So uh, working on a lot of cool stuff there. Yeah, that does sound really cool. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. And also, like, thanks for sharing your tutorials with the world. Oh, yeah, man, that's that's been the goal from day one. So happy to have them free. Awesome. Yeah, cool. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you liked it, please subscribe, leave us some ratings and reviews, and we will catch you next time. Peace. Boom, 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 boom. Thanks for listening to Whiskey Web and Whatnot. This podcast is brought to you by ShipShape and produced by Podcast Royale. If you like this episode, consider sharing it with a friend or two and leave us a rating, maybe a review, as long as it's good. You can subscribe to future episodes on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more info about ShipShape and this show, check out our website at shipshape.io.